Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and this is the podcast that takes you on the best ever trip down memory lane, bringing you the best TV shows and cartoons this world has to offer. And happy Black History Month! This month, we'll be looking at some of the best black TV shows and cartoons from around the world. And this week, we'll be putting the TJ and Taj up against each other. A smart guy will face off against Ka-Ching! And we'll take a special look at Keenan and Kel. So without further ado, ah, here goes. And joining me as ever, is producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? Good, good, good. I'm looking forward to doing some of these black shows. We've got some exciting stuff to talk about today. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, for American listeners who are probably looking at or listening blank-faced, we have our Black History Month here in October. And unlike you guys, we have 31 days of it. Because I don't know who, who decided in America to do it in February where you guys only get, what, 28 days? 29 if you're lucky. Literally the shortest day of the year. Shortest month, I mean. Yeah, that's, that's a bit silly, isn't it? But don't worry, American listeners, I will have you guys covered in February. So we're going to have two Black History Month specials, one in October and one in February. So let's uh, get started with the, the first show. And we're going to start with Keenan and Kel. Okay, so this show came out in uh, August 1996. Some of the things that were happening in August 1996, you had the uh, former state president of South Africa, F.W. de Klerk, making an official apology for the crimes committed under apartheid. You also had a thousand, thousands large protests, so thousands and thousands of people were protesting in Seoul, calling for the reunification with North Korea. Matilda was uh, one of the best movies in uh, August 1996. And number one in the charts was The Spice Girls with Wannabe. Five young girls coming out with some music. Not sure if they uh, ever had another song again. Not sure if it was a one-hit wonder. Wonder what they're up to 20 odd years later. Do you know one of them's married to uh, Christian Horner, the r- chief at Red Bull, Red Bull Racing? Oh, they're still married? Yeah. Right, I'm going to drop the pretense. This is uh, Jerry, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. She, yeah, she's called Jerry Horner. <laughs> yeah. Ah. She goes to the racing, uh, she's often in the garage. Oh, like really like inside and everything. Actually, yeah, if a, if a man is uh, in charge, so I guess she could do what she likes. She can do whatever she wants, as long as it's in the Red Bull garage. <laughs> anyway, moving on to Keenan and Kel. Now, this is a, a show that was uh, set in uh, Chicago, and it's basically following two guys, Keenan Rockmore and Kel Kimball. So they're just a a pair of high school students and they're just getting up to all sorts of trouble, all sorts of mysteries and capers. Oh, it's such a great name, isn't it? Yesterday's capers. Because I'm going to just keep saying capers. Capers, capers, capers. Plug, 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 plug. (laughs) 
yeah, so Keenan is basically, he's kind of shtick, is devising a scheme to get rich quick or trying to get out of trouble. And Kel is just basically a blithering idiot who's kind of along with Keenan. And they're just both sort of getting on, doing all sorts. Kel is just overacting and doing the most. And just everything is like enlarged by a gazillion. So he won't just take a sip of orange soda. He'll just try and put it over his face. And he's trying to try to just drink that. So, um, and again, this was a, a program that kind of had breaking the fourth wall. So at the beginning and at the end of the show, Keenan and Kel would sort of go to the audience and they'll sort of talk about what might happen on the show. Keenan would be like, let's go, Kel. Let's do something. And then Ke- Kel's always like, Keenan, Keenan, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Keenan. Ah, oh, here it goes. Uh, they kind of do that every kind of episode sort of setting, setting the scene. And so, yeah, that's a, a summary, if you like, of uh, Keenan and Kel. So uh, take it away. What, what's your uh, early thoughts or impressions? Keenan and Kel, what a show. Like, I was really young when this, uh, when this came out. Um, 1996, I was quite young. I was eight. I remember the first time I saw it, it was uh, Summer Holidays. Uh, I think it was released. It was kind of like this summer holiday morning yeah, show yeah. thing and i think it was on after like wurzel gummidge and and or dungeons and dragons and it came on and this show was like the best thing ever not wurzel gummidge not wurzel gummidge no just just to be clear we're talking about keenan and Kel still but that show he just kind of it came out of nowhere for us like as kids we had no idea what this was and as mm. soon as we found it you know, as kids do, I had quite I had like uh, three brothers and sisters growing up. Just sat there in front of the TV, glued to this thing, and then the next day, straight again and again and again, all all through the summer holidays. And then I think when it finished, it was when the summer holidays finished. I think that did as well, and it was like tragic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, it's like it's just such a, a cool show. You got Coolio doing the uh, the intro which just bangs every which way. You're just sitting down and you're thinking, oh, Keenan and Kel. And then you just come in and you just like this rap intro. And you're just like, this is like the coolest thing ever. And you're like, already by the second or third episode, you know all the words. You're like rapping along. It's like everybody out there, go run and tell your homeboys and homegirls it's time for Keenan and Kel. You keep it laughing in the afternoon, so don't touch that dial or leave the room. Cause they're always into something, something you don't wanna miss it. It's double K like two legit radius. Keenan and Keller, should I say Ken and Keenan? Or you gotta watch Keenan, cause Keenan be skinning with a plan or a plot to take it to the top. Cause they always in the middle, cause they always getting stopped. This ain't the Hardy Boys or Nancy Drew Mysteries. It's only Keenan and Kel in your vicinity, like Seek Freedom Royal, Avid and Costella, Magic and Kareem and Penn and Teller. Somebody in trouble, ah, oh, here goes. Oh, Nick, 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 Nick. Nick, 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 Nick. Oh. Okay, so for, for the listeners, I just want to emphasize there was no reading whatsoever going on there. <laughs> that was from the heart. That's why I was probably a bit wrong in some places, but it's just, yeah, it's just, you, it's one of those theme songs that you will remember 
when you're like old and gray and forever. It's one of those forever things. You will always remember it. It's, it's hella iconic. It's hella black. I love it so much. It fits perfectly with, with our theme of, uh, of Black History Month and looking at some of the most iconic black shows. And Keenan and Kel was definitely up there. They work brilliantly well together. They lean off each other and bounce off each other so well throughout the show. The overacting, I could do without it a little bit, but that was kind of the the theme or that was kind of like how they were doing shows back then. It was all overacting and doing the most and, oh, I'm hurt. Oh, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Ah! All that overacting. I mean, I, I'm not crazy about it, but. Yeah, but it's just, it's one of those things. It's a kid's show as well, man. Like, it's, yeah, I think yeah, as a kid, yeah. you're just like, the bigger, the better, the funnier, you know? <laughs> just laughing but even more. I doubt, sh- like, shows today aren't like that. Where there's like, extreme overacting. But have you seen the state of today's shows? It's like, I'm not going to go into it. And that's why I'm doing yesterday's capers. So I can remind you all that capers of yesterday was so much better and so amazing. Ta-da! There we go. See? That's why I'm doing it. <laughs> I think the moral compass shifted somewhat in the last, what, 20 years or so. And you can see that Quite. even in the kids' shows. And it's... Uh... So anyway, yeah, back to the nice. <laughs> yeah, Let's back, go back, back to yesterday. That's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to when... Things were a lot simpler and straightforward. So let's talk about some episodes of uh, Keenan and Kel. Now, um, what episodes spring to mind for you? There's a couple of episodes that I remember quite well. I say remember quite well. Uh, I remember them. Uh, there's an episode uh, where, because obviously, kind of, Kel's the idiot basically throughout the whole series. Yeah, yeah. and it get and it was, a, it, was, it was a little bit later on and. Uh, they, uh, Kel was studying for something and um, I think Keenan was like what are, you, what, are you, what are you doing he goes I'm studying I've got an IQ test <laughs> and he goes what are you talking about you can't study for an IQ test and uh, he was kind of getting really nervous about it and he took the IQ test and his IQ came back at really high like it's a genius and uh, so then Kel was winding up Keenan the whole episode saying I'm a genius <laughs> And then that kind of went on, and then uh, he was wearing a T-shirt saying, "I'm a genius." And he's like, "Then uh, I think uh, Keenan rips his shirt off, and he just said, 'I'm still a genius.'" And <laughs> <laughs> underneath it, it was it was a great episode, and I think it's kind of a bit of a redemption because obviously he's treated like the idiot the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it turns out he's actually a genius. Kill man, <laughs> are you a genius? <laughs> Why? Uh, it, it was brilliant. Obviously, I think the tuna one. Of course, of, I was just about to say the tainting of the screw. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> with the screw with the tuna, <laughs> and you don't see it coming. That's the thing about that whole scene because they rehearsed how they were going to be in court when uh, they say, "Oh, asking Kel all the questions and everything like that." Keenan's like, "Right, this is what happens. This is how." You're going to do it, and if you do it properly, we'll get $10 million. Did they rehearse the... It must be the um, under oath bit, right? 
No, yeah, because he's because <laughs> they, you know, it was just so funny. Like the uh, the judge, she's like, "Oh, will the plaintiff please stand up or please rise?" And they were just going, "Oh, <laughs> look at this dumb plaintiff. He ain't even here yet. Shoot!" And they're looking at their thing, going, "Kel, Kel, it's <laughs> us. We the plaintiff." And then it's like, "Oh, I call Kel to the stand and." He's just basically going up and and they're like, you know, yeah, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth? And then I think uh, Keenan's like, oh, so uh, what happened? And then all of a sudden, he's just all like, I put the screw in the dinner. And he's just all on the floor. And he just, I actually burst out laughing because I actually watched that this morning. And I never thought, I'd, I didn't think I would, but I just watching it, I just burst out laughing it's like oh my god that you don't even after all these years you don't see it coming you don't that scenario or, or that outcome you're thinking right kel's gonna stick to the story and maybe for once keenan's get rich scheme is gonna work out but in funny circumstances it goes tragically wrong yeah um another episode that i kind of liked was who loves orange soda now who loves orange soda? You're meant to say Kel loves orange soda. Yeah, but you was meant to do it. It's like a, a bouncing off thing. You look to me and... I you know, a lot of people say we have incredible chemistry. This was the opportunity to sh really show it off, Paul. Sorry, man. Come on. We'll do it again. Who loves orange soda? Kel loves orange Orange soda. Is it true? Mm-hmm. I, I do, do, I do, I do. I do. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there we go. So basically, Kel, it starts off with them in the hospital. Kel's got like damaged ribs. And basically, the doctor sees his x-ray and his x-ray is all orange. Because <laughs> he drinks way too much orange soda. And Keenan bets with Kel going, I bet you couldn't go a week without orange soda. And basically, Kel's like, all right, I can, I can, bring it on. And Kel goes to see a, a hypnotist to try and get him out of this whole addiction to orange soda. But Keenan kind of sneaks his way into the, the doctors and he kind of changes the, the clipboards around. So it just turns Kel into a, an aggressive dog as opposed to just not being, um, not being addicted to uh, orange soda. And so Keenan's like, oh, here, doggy, doggy. And he puts like uh, orange soda into like a, a little dog tray. And so Kel's drinking from it. And then Keenan's <laughs> like, oh, I won, I won, I won, I won. And then uh, their, um, their boss at the shop, Chris, was like, okay, because you cheated, you both lose. And the... The losing kind of bet was that they had to sing the uh, American National Anthem in the uh, women's 90s. So that was the, uh, <laughs> that was the, the punishment. That's quite, a, that's quite a punishment. <laughs> I mean, singing the American National Anthem, that would be awful. Sir, we, we love America and we love our American listeners. I will, I will, I will not have you slander the US of A. No, I'm 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 putting a stop to that now. Another uh, 
<laughs> Another episode uh, was the uh, the Chicago witch trials. Now this is uh, when uh, a new girl, Becky. I didn't make that up. Her name is Becky. I'm not just saying oh, every white girl's called Becky. Her name genuinely is Becky, with the good hair. And uh, she moves to Chicago and she comes to the school and they're doing a a classroom or a lesson about the Salem witch trials. And Keenan's thinking, oh my God, she's a witch. She's a witch. Now, this is an episode I remember when I was a kid, actually. And there's all these like sort of things that happens. So, for example, she gets like barbecue sauce spilt all over her by accident. And Keenan thinks, oh my God, she smells of fire. They go around to her house to like for dinner because her and Kel kind of hit it off. And she too likes orange soda. And they do the whole orange soda deal with each other, which was, which was quite cute. And not as good as ours, though. I was, I was going to say that. I was going to say And uh, they go to her house and she's cooking dinner from a, a cauldron that she borrows from a friend. <laughs> so it's kind of adding to the whole thing. She's like, oh, thank you for letting me use this pot. And Keenan's thinking, oh, she's a witch, she's a witch. And he's basically looking around her house and Kel thinks that, oh, sh- Keenan has been turned into a pineapple. Because all he sees is a pineapple with <laughs> Keenan's hat. And he's like, Keenan, Keenan, stay away from me, witch. And they basically pour the contents of the, the cauldron over poor old Becky. And they kind of realize, oh, she's she's not a witch, but she's a perfectly reasonable human being. With third degree burns. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Were there uh, any other episodes for you? I was just just before we um, started recording. I was just watching the uh, the pilot, but I didn't get all the way through. Oh, um, the pilot! They look really young. How old were they when they started? Um, I believe they were like fifteen, sixteen. Fifteen or sixteen, and on yeah, Nickelodeon, so they were pretty young. Mega bucks, probably, because they started on all that before. I think Keenan and Kel. Oh, really? So they were. So they're already together. Yeah. So they're already part of the uh, Nickelodeon umbrella. So. Uh, so they were always kind of together. So yeah, the uh, the uh, the pilot that was, I think they wanted to buy a car. Yeah, they or wanted to buy a I, car. I kept saying was, oh, I want to buy a car. Like, car. A car. A car. It just it, it really stood out like a sore thumb. The accent. Yeah, Kel, man, how are we supposed to buy a car? A car. I don't I don't know if that's a Chicago thing. Oh, Chicago. Yeah, of course. I don't know. Maybe the our American listeners can uh, enlighten us. Yeah, about yeah. the accent. Yeah, because it was very specific how they were talking, especially in the the sort of first kind of season. It was very thick, maybe Midwest Chicago accent. Maybe I'm 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 not American, so I won't. I don't exactly know for sure, but it was very very specific how they were how they were talking. Now, would you say you had a favourite episode of Keenan Kel, or would you say the tainting of the screw was your? Or is there another one that you're not no, thinking of? I, I think there's probably loads more I'll watch, and then um, and remember and be like, oh my god, that was amazing. But the screw one is probably one of the most iconic. It's classic, right? It, like I if remember. That's it. not in your top five Keenan Kel episodes. You need to go back and do your list again. Well said. 
<laughs> now, in terms of um, the guys who played uh, Keenan and Kel, it's the the thing is that they genuinely their name is Keenan and Kel. So it's Keenan Thompson and Kel Mitchell. So it's not a screen name. Well, no. the last names are different then. Yeah, it's just Rockmore and Kimball. So Keenan Rockmore and Kel Kimball. So the thing about these two was it was after Keenan and Kel had ended, it kind of seemed as if they had stopped being friends. There was always a... Anytime you'd read like the rumor mill or you'd kind of read one of those, what happened to that star 20 years on? You'd always kind of see, um, oh, Keenan and Kel don't get on anymore. They're not friends. But I don't necessarily think that was the case. I think it was a case of after Keenan and Kel had ended, it's just one of those things where you kind of go your separate ways. It's not, I hate you and I never want to see you again. It's no bad blood. Just, yeah, it was just happened they, to be in two different directions. Yeah. They just happened to go their separate ways. And this is, you know, stuff that you can relate to in real life. It's like you were once friends with certain people and now you're not. And you, it's not a, it's not a bad thing. It's not beef. It's just, I'm going here and he's going there. And I, that was when they, um, they called. Apparently, I think Keenan said that he reached out to Kel because he's like, I'm reading all this stuff about we're beefing. And it's like, I had to just sort of contact him and just check. Like, we good, right? We're not, we're not beefing. We're not, we don't, there's not a thing between us. And they were like, yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing there. Yeah. Like, like we're, 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 we're cool. We're good. And, um, because as I was saying, they uh, they did all that, which was the kind of the SNL version of that was on Nickelodeon. Obviously, they did Good Burger, Good Burger, Good Burger. Can I take your order? So they kind of did that, and they actually um, they reunited on uh, Jimmy Fallon. They did a Good Burger sketch with both Keenan and Kel. And uh, Keenan, he's actually on uh, SNL, so he's one of the uh, the guys that was that were on SNL, so he is very good on that. I did, uh, I did like his uh, Lavar Ball impression. So big baller brand and doing that whole that whole shtick that was uh, very very funny. I could see uh, producer Paul having a quick quick look on the internet to see. I'm just checking what SNL is. Don't know. It. Oh, stop playing. You know SNL. I don't know. What is it? Stop playing. Stop playing. What's, what's SNL? Stop playing, Paul. You know SNL. What does it stand for? <laughs> oh, so I did not know. <laughs> okay, yeah. Are you, are you actually being serious? I know what it is, yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't... Put, I was I thought you said, say. Because I thought you said S and L. I, I could show you what... I, I googled SNL. Look. Yeah, it's, I, that's what I said. I said SNL. Yeah, S and L, I thought you said. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, what, what on that? Oh... So yeah, I think he's been on SNL for a, a couple of years now. And yeah, like I said, they uh, they came back and they did a, a sketch on uh, on Jimmy Fallon's show. And apparently they're bringing all that back. So Keenan and Kel will be working together. And they'll be um, bringing back all that. And they'll be kind of working behind the scenes of that. So, so they're not going to be featuring... I don't think so. I think they're going to be like sort of exec- Produce. producers, directors, right. and 
and all that good stuff. Do you have uh, any uh, lasting memories of Keenan and Kel? Anything else? No, I just watched it as a kid and I, I loved it. I completely loved it. I think all my family members mm. loved it. As, mm. uh, maybe Jim can um, let me know if he, if he did or not. Hey, Jim. How's it going, Jim? Fixed your car yet? <laughs> Thank you for listening to the podcast, Jim. I really appreciate it. Every week, he's, he's saying that he listened to the last week, just just today. I appreciate um, you, bro. Appreciate you. Not going to timestamp it, but carry on. <laughs> Let's go on now to our head-to-head. And we're going to start with Kaching. So this is going back now to January 2003. So uh, this was when uh, actually... Uh, the climate change activist Greta Thunberg was born. I mean, she's done the rounds quite a bit recently. There's, there is quite a, a lot of uh, climate change strikes going on in London and around the world. We had a worldwide one, right? Yeah, so uh, more power to you guys, man. I uh, respect and appreciate the heck out of you guys. And Paul feels exactly the same. Exactly the same. <laughs> Also in uh, 2003, you kind of had weapons inspectors heading over to Iraq looking for WMDs. Oh, yeah, those... Um, Spoiler alert, they don't find any. They haven't found any yet. And they never will. Eminem was number one with Lose Yourself. And uh, Just Married was uh, in the cinemas. I think for many, I think Lose Yourself is Eminem's best song. Or a lot of people would say um, that's his, uh, his best song. Or at least his most memorable from the film 8 Mile. Uh, I don't know. I think um, the Eminem show was like the most memorable album for me. Marshmallow was LP for me. Is that the, the, the... the second one? Okay. So you had The Real Sim Shady was his first one. Then it was Marshmallow's LP. I think that's his best album. And I think Eminem show is his second best. No, yeah, Eminem, top rapper, top rapper. And now going on to Kaching. So this was a UK show. So this was basically about uh, an entrepreneur, Taj Lewis, who has a website called rudeboy.com. And so he's basically selling all sorts of like ringtones, clothing and all that sort of stuff. And he's kind of with his friends, Seymour and Danny. And so kind of every episode would kind of be a way for him to try and make a million for mum, the three M's. Something that he had promised his dad that he would do because they kind of explained that his dad had passed away. And so one of the things that he promised his dad was that he would look after their mum and he would make a million pounds for, for his mum. And he would do it under the guise of Rude Boy. So nobody knew who Rude Boy was except for his two best friends and his older sister, Missy, who in the first episode, she kind of comes across a meeting that um, that Taj couldn't go to because obviously he's a school kid. And everyone's thinking that Rude Boy is this multimillionaire entrepreneur and so Missy has to go to the meeting in his place and she's basically like, right, you know, if you want me to keep your secret, I want to cut and I want to 
make sure that I get my money when you kind of cash in. So uh, what do you think about Kaching? When was, what time was uh, Kaching broadcast? Because I remember watching it, but I think I remember watching it more in the afternoon or. Yeah, yeah, it used to come on at like sort of four or five o'clock. Yeah, I remember it being quite a late thing. And I remember thinking it was great. Yeah. I don't, I I don't remember what channel, maybe, was it BBC? Yeah, CBBC. Yeah, it was great. I I really liked it. Yeah, and you're watching it and you're, because you're, as we're going to find out over the next month or so, there aren't many black UK shows for for kids or hardly any and it wasn't like a stupid like obviously it was it was kind of a comedy thing right but yeah. it wasn't like ridiculous no you know and also making money from mum is quite a noble absolutely noble it really uh, adventure is. you always kind of deep down the intention is 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 golden it's it's wonderful cuz it's kind of like okay I'm the man of the house. It's going to be up to me to to look after my mum and and make sure that she doesn't doesn't go without. And so that was a, and it isn't like you know normally with black kids or black shows they tend to always kind of be the the silly one or the daft one. He's, That's the white guy in this one. Yeah, it's uh, Danny Spooner. He's he's basically a pillock. But he's a, a lovable pillock. Good use of the word, love it. <laughs> Thank you very much. So yeah, it's like he's a, a main character. The the cast is predominantly black. You kind of have it's it's great in that sense because as I'm I'm saying, it, there wasn't many, if not at all, any black shows that we could kind of watch and really invest in and and really kind of say this was a show that i'm gonna watch and i'm gonna enjoy english shows i don't think i can name you any that are black or yeah apart from kaching yeah i mean there was the desmonds and that's yeah yeah me too the desmonds that's all i've got in terms of black uk shows i think okay there was another program called the crust that reggie yates used to do it was basically about they own a a pizza business, so they make pizzas and they kind of sort of deliver it all around. The crust, Kaching, and the Desmonds—they're the only Three UK. Kitchens. The Desmond wasn't the kids show; it was kind of more adult orientated. Um, I was talking about kids shows. Oh, kids show, yeah. The crust and Kaching. What's the Windrush show? The Desmonds. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, so that in terms of like overall UK black shows. I mean, because it wasn't for like. Kids, do kids. tell us if if we're missing any out, please tell us because it it would be great help <laughs> for me. But that was the the thing that you know, if you're a young black kid and you're watching programs, you're not really watching programs that have people on who look like you or sound like you or have a, a similarish kind of back background to you. So that was um, unfortunate in 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 some ways, but when you do see it and when it when it's a thing, then you you appreciate it more, I guess. Do you think the situation is improved now, or do you think we're still at the same kind of level? I think we're at the same kind of level, to be honest. I I can't think of UK black shows 
for sort of kids or kind of um, for teens. Oh, I think oh, Channel 4 had one. I can't remember. It's about a black kid who was really, really clever. And he had this other black kid with him who wasn't so clever. And they were like sort of friends. And he's, you know, of Nigerian descent. And like his parents are all into him being studious and disciplined. Oh, I can't remember the name of the show, but he used to come on um, Channel 4. I think they only did like a a couple of a couple of seasons of it. So that was um again, that was pretty unfortunate. But yeah, it's it's a real it's a real scratch your head because I can't really think Yeah, I think that's like a it's a bit of a shame, isn't it? We live in such a uh, kind of progressive society nowadays, should we say? Yeah. And in terms of like um what's the word for it? Um, I nearly said racially racial profiling. Then it's like a diverse racial uh, representation. Yeah, we're no further forward from like what twenty odd years ago. That's true. I mean, it's it's good that we're kind of picking up on this in this month. You know. Yeah. What what better time to talk about it? Shine a light on it, because we only got one month in the UK to do it. So <laughs> we're gonna piggyback off too. So there you go. We're 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 gonna we're gonna do February and we're gonna do October. So and it's a leap year, so we're gonna get one extra day. We're gonna make that day count. <laughs> Twenty nine days of Black History Month, America. You know, happy day. <laughs> <laughs> so are there um before I do a quick rundown of Kaching and all the episodes, were there episodes that you did watch and think, oh, this was quite good? So I'm going to confess and say I didn't do my homework on this. On this, uh, Bad! I really enjoyed it as a kid, but I didn't manage to catch the time to... Okay, then. To catch the Back episodes. when you was a kid, do you remember... I don't remember any episodes. I remember all the characters. I remember his mum coming in and stuff like that and... Asking him questions, what you're doing, this and that and the other. But I don't remember, I can't remember exact shenanigans. That being said, I will listen to your episode rundown and then I'll regret that I didn't remember now and I want to pitch in. <laughs> okay, so uh, as we were saying, series one sets the tone. We find out that Taj Lewis owns Rude Boy. And his goal is to make a million pounds for his widowed mum. And so you kind of meet some of the characters along the way. So you meet Seymour. He loves cooking. He's really into all of that. And his hero is one Ainsley Harriet. And obviously you've got Danny Spooner, who's kind of like the, the idiot, the village idiot of the uh, of the show. He really, really likes one of the girls that works there called Karisha. He's always like, oh, Karisha, sha, sha, sha. You is looking well fit today. And all this stuff. And she's just like, oh, leave me alone, Danny. Which kind of, again, segues into Karisha, who was Missy's best friend. Missy being Taj's big sister. They work in a uh, cafe called The Chill who's owned by a cheapskate called Carlton, and we never ever see him. We just always hear his voice booming over the tannoy. And uh, so series one ends with basically the chill out, which is the cafe that they hang out. 
that's about to close down until Rude Boy decides to buy a stake in the chill, saving that place. Series two kind of begins with Taj's love interest, Tamsin. She basically moves away to New Zealand, I think it was. And her boyfriend was Ricardo. And basically Ricardo and Taj were like loggerheads all the time because he liked Tamsin and she was going out with Ricardo. And he finds out, and then there's another girl who moves in called Alex. And they really, really like each other. They hit it off. They get on with each other. And that series basically ends with Alex finding out that he's rude boy. And initially she was really, really upset. But she decides to give him another chance. And in series three... There's a new kid in town called Michael and he has a sort of a, a music slash record shop and he goes by the name of Dude Boy. So it's kind of going at loggerheads with uh, Rude Boy. And so Ricardo, he kind of moves away because he gets scouted to join a boy band called 2020. But then I think he decides to go and live with his mum in Italy. And in this sort of series, he has a, a reflective kind of episode where he's thinking, maybe it's time to end Rude Boy. I'm not really close to uh, making a million kind of thing. And he kind of changed his mind when Danny accidentally makes a logo, a Rude Boy logo, and he basically sells that. And obviously he decides that okay i'm close to the million but it's not enough because maybe i need to take rude boy worldwide in order to make this thing uh, a reality and so series four kind of begins with uh, taj and alex they split up because they think oh we're not maybe right for each other and taj's mum actually falls in love with Seymour's dad, Des. And they get engaged and they're thinking, oh, maybe we should get married. And Taj's mom, Joe, she kind of has second thoughts because obviously she was married before and it. she was thinking, oh, it hurt when uh, my husband originally passed away. And so she was like, maybe I'm not necessarily ready to get married again. And it concludes with Taj making the million. So it basically starts with they wanted to make a, a cartoon series. I think it's called Rude Kid. And basically Danny sends off the whole email to execs and he sends off the Rude Kid kind of like a, a widget kind of thing. And Taj didn't want that to kind of be sold off, but it went off with all his ideas for a cartoon and the execs weren't really interested in the cartoon. They were more interested in rude kid, the actual widget. And they realize that, you know, Holy moly, we're going to make a million. So they make the million and Taj gets back together with Alex because Alex is like, Oh, maybe it's not right that I want to get back with Taj because He's now a millionaire. 
but they kind of see their differences and Michael makes them realize that they're meant for each other and they're meant to be together. So he makes a million, he gets the girl and it all ends happily ever after. What does his mum say? Oh, so initially when he presents a check with the million pound to his mum, she was very shocked, like, I can't accept this. What's going on? You sprung this on me. And then on reflection, she's like, I'm really, really proud of you. You had a goal. You stuck to it. But she was like, look, just because you made a million, I still want you to kind of go to college. And he's like, I want to go to college, mum. It's all good. And yeah, she says, look, thank you so much. I'm really, really proud of you. I appreciate it. And they're sort of kind of making their plans going, right, I'm going to buy a bigger house. And their little brother, Omar, he kind of says, you know what? I'm going to give you a page on the website for you to run. So, because obviously Omar, his little brother, he's always doing sort of dodgy schemes at school. So like homework club. So he's basically getting one of the other kids to do all the homework and all that kind of stuff. So this is going to be a good way for him to earn a few quid and be a part of the uh, the rude boy uh, business. Nice. Glad it all worked out. Yeah. Perhaps and, when I was listening to it, I was, I was really interested. I, did, I didn't remember a whole <laughs> lot of episodes. I mean, it's one of those things where it's, to be fair, it's really hard to find to watch on YouTube. I think series one, only a couple of episodes were on there. I think series four majority of it was up there so it was kind of good to kind of see how, how it, ended. it all yeah it all comes to an end <clears throat> yeah draws to a close so yeah that was Kaching. really really good show played by uh devon anderson who was also in eastenders yeah i was gonna say he moved to eastenders i definitely saw him in eastenders was was his name billy billy yeah it was and he died of an overdose because Let he consult the old google he originally was in eastenders as a kid yeah. And then he came back. And then, yeah, yeah, he, I know his character OD'd. No, no, no. He, he got really, really drunk and he, I think, choked on his own vomit. So I think it was sort of alcohol related. From so millionaire to drunken. I don't know if it was a, I don't know if he was like an alcoholic. It's one of those things where on the off chance that alcohol poisoning gets you. I believe that was the case. I'm sure if you look up Carol Fowler. Carol Fowler? Why? That's his mum. Is it? Are you sure? Yeah. Carol married a black guy called Alan and they had a kid called Billy, I believe. Alan. Alan. (laughs) And now moving on to uh, the next show... Sorry, I was, I was still um, looking at that Wikipedia. And producer Paul is back in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And now we're going to April 1997. And so this is when Smart Guy made its uh, debut. Some of the things that were happening in April 1997 was Pope John Paul II goes to visit Sarajevo with a message of reconciliation. Tiger Woods wins his first major in Augusta and uh, Pokemon made its debut in uh, Tokyo. Fast forward uh, 22 years later and Ash 
becomes a Pokemon master. Finally. Really? Yeah, it was, I think, the other week or the other day. Yeah, he finally becomes a Pokemon master. It got a bit more difficult for him, though, to be fair, didn't it? <laughs> I mean, when when, I, when when it first came out when we were kids, it was like, oh, you got to get 150. And then it was 151. like... 151. Because of Mewtwo and Mew. Yeah, that's for 152, though, right? With Mew and Mewtwo. Yeah. Or was there another one? Anyway. It was just those two. It got to like six bazillion... <laughs> uh, yeah, no wonder could... it took him 22 bloody years to become master. Do you think at any point he's like, I give up? No. I'm going to go work in Tesco's. Again, Pokemon was set in Japan, not in uh, Gateshead or whatever. <laughs> the Saint was the biggest movie in April 1997, and Block Rocking Beats by the Chemical Brothers was number one in the charts. That's an absolute banger. Block rocking beats. Yeah, back with another one of those block rocking beats. It's one of those you'll recognize it once you uh, hear it. And so, smart guy now. And this was a show set in uh, Washington DC. Centers on the uh, the boy genius called T.J. Henderson. So, at the age of ten, he gets moved from his school and gets transferred to uh, high school. So he's going into high school with his brother Marcus and his sister Yvette and their kind of best friend Mo. So this was basically, he was this really, really intelligent kid. He's got like a, an incredibly high IQ. He can speak a whole bunch of languages. It says here in my notes that he has an IQ of 180 and he has a photographic memory and as I was saying, he's got an older brother and older sister, Floyd and Marcus. And Floyd, their dad, he's a single dad. Their mum passes away. So he's this really, really cool single dad. I really like Floyd. I'm watching, when I was watching Smart Guy, I just was thinking he's such a, a cool black guy. He's a, a, an incredible role model for like, you know, single parents, whether mum or dad. He sets a good example. He he plays the part really, really well. He's very understanding with his kids. He's very nurturing and he's always giving the best kind of advice, especially for for Marcus and for for TJ. And also he's always there for Yvette. He's always there to kind of talk to her and kind of deal with whatever woes she might have uh, as a teenager. Now, is uh, Smart Guy a, a program that you was aware of back in the day or not, even now? Not at all. Um, I didn't know about Smart Guy until you told me last week. What channel did it come on? Was it Nickelodeon? It was a, a Disney Channel uh, production. And also, I think it used to come on CBBC. No way. Yeah, yeah. Smart Guy used to come on CBBC. I remember watching Smart Guy on uh, CBBC. Are you sure? I never watched uh, the Disney Channel. I mean, I watched some Disney Channel productions that came on to other things like Recess and... Yeah, yeah. That's probably the only one I can think of. No, yeah, Smart Guy was very much a, a Disney Channel uh, a Disney Channel thing. So, yeah, so I wasn't aware of it. Like, no idea where to start kind of thing. I just... Uh, I think Daily Motion had a... I'm not sure if we're allowed to... 
say where I watched it, but there was like the whole uh, the whole uh, series in one kind of uh, hour long thing. Really? Yeah, just like a like an hour long block of um, of the show kind so of thing. Each season. Each season in like hour long things. Uh, I, I I didn't manage to watch a great deal of it, but I'm gonna go back after this and watch some more. It, I thought it was really good, really funny. Like you said, like it was good role model, like single father, black guy. That's that wasn't you know portrayed very often. No, because um, if you're watching programs, particularly sort of in the 80s and 90s, the whole kind of absent father and yeah, black man not at home because he's probably in jail or whatever and he's not really looking after his kids. So that would always kind of be portrayed in shows and things like that. Whereas here in Smart Guy, it's like he's the single black guy. He's a self-made businessman. He's got a successful business. So I think he's a, a carpenter. So he's got that successful business and he's looking after his kids at home and making sure that he's always there for his kids. Yeah, I think in the first scene, the first episode, the first scene, he's making the the lunches for the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's nothing to you. Don't even know what, what he does for a living at this point. Literally, just there's, no. your, there's your lunch. There's oh, you don't thing. even know if there is a, a parent or, or another another parent or not. And he's so desperately was... doting on his kids as well, and he wants to help them. They don't yeah. want they don't want his help, and he's like, "Please, can I to this little <laughs> boy? That like, can I take you to cause school? Yeah. Like, Dad, would you? Yeah, w- would you let Granddad take you to work? <laughs> <laughs> no, I really, um, I really, really like that. And yeah, I'm watching Smart Guy. I absolutely love this show more than I did as a kid and it holds up really well in 2019 more than I would ever have imagined I'm watching it it's funny it's good it's a good story I think as a kid again you're watching a program and it's again predominantly a black cast it's black kids portrayed in a in an amazing way. So you got this young black kid who's a who's a genius, who knows just about everything. Normally it's like the white kid with the glasses who's the nerd and he's like, hey, Oh, I'm a real, really clever guy and all this stuff. Whereas it's it's a black kid. He's called TJ. And he's smarter than everybody in the room. All of the kind of stories, it centers around them. So I don't know, maybe for you, it might not be the same for you being a white guy, having the going out of your way or kind of seeking out black shows. And maybe if it was one of those where it came on, it might not have the same or or a, a, a similar effect as it would for me. Because even as a kid, anything... That you know would be a, a black show. Any any black shows, I would be watching that and thinking, I can relate to this. He's, you know, not 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 as old as, or the our ages are quite similar at the time of 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 release. So I'm also kind of eight, nine, ten years old when I'm watching it. So it's kind of like oh. Here it is, a 10-year-old black kid who's really, really clever, 
He's really, really smart. He can do just about anything and everything. And I'm watching that and I'm like, this is, this is so awesome. This is so, maybe not relatable because maybe I'm not the smartest guy, but, but uh, you're watching it and thinking, yes, this is what young black kids can be instead of slanging dope and being a b-baller and whatever stereotype you can think of. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of glad you brought that up because I obliviously sauntered through life with white privilege. And I I didn't really know, I didn't really understand, I didn't didn't really kind of, didn't really get it. And then, I, then someone said to me like once, I can't remember even when it was, it wasn't that long ago, really, relatively, that someone said, I um, was talking about white white privilege. I didn't really understand it was a thing until you realise that I'm not realising what I'm watching on TV. I'm not noticing yeah. these things. I'm not noticing if it's a if it's a white person on the TV or if it's a black person on the TV. And that kind of says everything. I'm just thinking, I don't feel underrepresented. I don't feel... Do, do you see what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, I can just kind of watch it and not really think. But then there's a whole... You know, again, going back to Black History Month where we can shine a light on the fact that there's like... Demographics are not being represented exactly. at all. And, you know, even people like myself just went through and just not realised. So hopefully now we can, you know, make people realise there's not, you know, there's, there's demographics that aren't being represented enough. Mm. We just, mm. we just, we said today that there's like... Um, Struggling to come with, think of like with one hand, the amount of black UK shows. Exactly. And please... If I've forgotten any, if I've missed any out, do let me know. I don't think I have, but if I have, please, please let me know. And that was beautiful, Paul, what you what you were saying. And you would definitely be invited to the cookout. <laughs> the imaginary cookout, yes. <laughs> where, where a select few white people will be... Uh, Invited to <laughs> the cookout. Yes, the cookout. I've lost count of the amount of white people who are invited to that, but uh, I don't I'm sure feel, you'd be one of them. I don't feel it's special now. You say you lost count. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it, it gets. it's one of those things where it gets overused. Yeah. It's like a white guy will say something like, oh, this was terrible what happened to these poor, misfortunate black people. And then you just have a black person just be like, oh... Yes. <laughs> Speak on it, white boy. You're invited to the cookout. Yay. White guy states the obvious. Let's bring him to the cookout. Yay. Uh, can I still come to the cookout? Of course you can. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay so now episodes of, of, of Smart Guy. Now, I'm every episode that I did watch of Smart Guy back then and even now for research purposes i enjoyed every single episode of them i enjoyed watching it whether you're meant to laugh i laughed where you're meant to sit down and listen and and watch i watched so i think the the pilot sets the tone really really well we kind of get to know who tj is we kind of see that he's going to a school with uh, Marcus and Marcus is like the typical middle child 
it's something that I can relate to so much. Oh my god! And so he's, uh, <laughs> and so he's kind of like, "Why are you here? You're ruining my life." Because he goes to the school. All the girls like TJ because he's the the cute little ten year old. All his friends gravitate towards TJ because he's really really smart, and that just kind of leaves Marcus on an island on his own. And he's like, "This is supposed to be my world." And you're coming in here and you're ruining it. Why don't you just disappear and just leave and get out of my life forever? And so that was a, a good kind of indicator and marker of how the show was going to be like. And as I was saying with the whole middle child thing, it was because I'm, I'm a middle child. And often it's one of those things where you can feel so left out because you're not quite one of the oldest you're not quite one of the youngest. So you don't really know kind of where to line up. <laughs> so it was always a, an interesting dynamic in that in that respect. Even for me growing up and for Marcus in, in the show, you're kind of like, oh, what do I do? How do I kind of figure it out? And that way you're just trying to make a personality for yourself, really. I think that's how I kind of got through and overcame, I was just going to kind of be me, be unapologetically, me. and it might, it might not be, be uh, you know, putting my, mar- putting my sort of flag down with the older kids or the younger kids, it's just, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to be on this island on my own, and, and that's okay. See, I can, I can relate to you there, because I too am a middle child. Ah, <laughs> Middle child's forever, baby. Here we go. So, uh, the in terms of the, the, the TV show, I can't necessarily say I watched enough of it to for it to make, for me to be able to talk about it properly and to do it justice. So, I'm going to leave most of that to you. What I also saw a couple of clips and um, I've, I think I watched a couple of episodes, but I need to go back and watch again. And it's one, mm-hmm. of, but it's one of the things I watched and... I will definitely go and watch it because I didn't even, like I said, I didn't know it existed until yeah, yeah, um, last last week or, or something. Is it? Um, there's a clip where TJ started on this guy. He's very brave. This guy, I think this guy bumped him in the corridor. Oh, <laughs> and this guy is like he must be about what five, six, seven years older than him. Yeah, and he just goes jumps on him. <laughs> That episode is actually from Dateline. So basically, TJ sees his dad checking out a woman in the uh, in the supermarket. And so he's basically thinking, maybe my dad's lonely. Maybe I'm going to try and set him up with a date. And so he does uh, online dating. So this is like the 1997 or 98 version of uh, online dating. And so they find this uh, woman called Jamie... And she ends up hitting it off with Floyd. They really, really get on. And then TJ starts to feel a bit jealous because he's thinking, oh, my dad used to do all this for me. He used to take me to basketball practice. He used to practice with me in outside in the, in the, in the front. And now that he's spending all this time with Jamie, 
I'm not really spending any time with my dad anymore. And so at school, he's like really, really frustrated. And so, yeah, that's where he picks a fight with someone and he's just getting really, really angry and, and all het, het up about the fact that his dad is dating a woman and he's just like, I'm not, I'm not happy that you're dating her. And his dad is like, well, you're the, it was your idea in the first place, wasn't it? And so he's like, I know, I know, but he's like, I never realized that I'm going to have to share you with, with someone else. And he's kind of like, oh, I don't really want to share you with anybody. So that was where that scene kind of comes from. And again, it's a really good insight into Floyd sort of juggling and figuring out single dad life. And Another situation that must be really difficult uh, to approach when you've got kids maybe your partner's mm-hmm. passed away and you meet somebody else. Yeah. How difficult a situation to navigate, right? Absolutely. And again, it's one of those where you, I don't, I don't know how long ago his sort of first wife had passed away. So we don't really have an idea of how long it's kind of been and whether it's one of those things where is it too soon or. And so he's wondering or figuring out how I can, move on and is it all right to date other women? And I think it just kind of ends with Floyd sort of talking to TJ saying, maybe eventually I am going to have to move on and start to see other people. So I think that was a, a really good episode and a really good insight into Floyd. And, uh, Another episode that was quite interesting was uh, sort of season three. So I think this is the kind of final season. TJ gets accepted to Mensa and Floyd basically comes with him to the meeting and Floyd meets an attractive divorcee called Hillary Jordan, but she's got a, a, a son who's quite... Mm. How do I describe it? Uppity. Uppity. Yeah. And so he's quite rude to TJ's dad, Floyd. And I think he ends up hitting Blake. Because he's like, Blake was like being really rude to, or just like being really snobbish about TJ and his dad and where they kind of come from, where he's more snooty and kind of up himself and and all of that. So uh, that was an interesting episode. And uh, the last episode I'll talk about is uh, they all end up getting jobs because they think uh, Floyd's like, you know, I want you guys to kind of earn your keep around here and, you know, make money and that kind of thing. And so Yvette, gets a job at a clothing store in the mall and her white friend Nina is working there. And after Nina has been told by the manager to follow around black customers, they kind of realize that, man, this, this, uh, this manager is a bit racist telling the white employer to follow around black employees. And again, this was an episode that kind of struck a chord with me because 
as a black guy, I do get people following me around in shops, and it really? still happens to this day. Really? To this day. Sorry to go Deontay Wilder on you guys, but to this day, you get people following you around. It's actually a, a job title. Mystery shopper. They follow you around? Yeah. Some are really good at it, and some are so obvious that they're following you around. They've got like the FIFA circle around their feet. <laughs> big, big arrow on their head. Yeah. Mystery shopper. <laughs> so, I mean, there was one time in Boots where the mystery shopper was so good. I was thinking, he can't be following me. He's a customer. He also wants the the same things as, as I do. And then you kind of realize that he's not leaving the shop. He doesn't want despite anything. Despite having his basket full. And so, yeah, that's a, another... An interesting thing that still happens to black shoppers also. I can honestly say I've only been followed in a shop once. And uh, I couldn't work it out. I knew this, there's a security guard. It wasn't like this mystery thing. It's a proper security guard. And I knew he was looking at me and I couldn't work out why. And I got to the till and I was... And, uh, this is just at Tesco's. I was at work and... Just buying my lunch or whatever it was in the um, on my lunch break, and I was scanning my sandwich and my drink, and I was like, "Where, where is that chocolate bar that I picked up just now?" Looking around for it, kind of thing, and then I, I put my hands in my pocket, and it was in my pocket. <laughs> so he had seen me just like put this thing in my pocket, um, this little chocolate bar, uh, but I'd done it completely absent-mindedly. I had no intention of taking out the shop without paying for it. If that was me, Paul, I would have left that shop in handcuffs. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Do you know what? I don't doubt it. I would have left that shop in handcuffs. You, though, Paul James Wick. It didn't even, the guy didn't talk to me. He didn't challenge me. He was just like eyeballing me from afar. And he's just been like, yeah, please don't make me have to do something. Whereas if it was like a black guy, it would have been all like, empty your pockets out and manhandling and rough handling and we might be sort of thinking oh we're kind of laughing amongst ourselves but this is real people element of truth to what we're what i'm saying and what we're saying here so uh yeah heed our words and uh on that note i think it's uh time to bring an end to the show but we have to decide between the two ka-ching or smart guy do you want to go first it's a real, to coin an American sports phrase, it's a real pick'em this week. Pick'em? Yes, that's what they always say. Like, if it's two closely matched opponents, oh, it's a real pick'em. Oh, doctor, we got a real pick'em here. Hmm. It really is. Uh... Man, I have to choose, though. Oh, God. Uh toss a coin I'm going to go with Kaching, only because again this is the same as last week there is no winners and losers I'm going to fade really? up the uh, British National Anthem now really 
Rule Britannia. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Kaching only because as a an impressionable 14, 15 year old seeing a show with a predominantly black cast with black actors, black stories. Seeing this on CBBC was just unprecedented because normally the shows that you see on CBBC that we've talked about and we're going to talk about, the cast is predominantly white, white, white. And... A lot of the See, time, not just white, but middle class as well. Yeah. Living in or really nice parts of the UK. Upper working class. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's seeing this show emerge in 2003, you're just like, you're instantly going to be gravitated towards it because it's a show with people that look like you, the show that's relatable. And... I take nothing away from Smart Guy. Really, like I loved Smart Guy more than more than I ever thought I could imagine. And um, it feels like I'm kind of saying this about so many of the other shows, including the one from from last week. But really and truly, Smart Guy is is a fantastic show, and I think it's really, really underrated. I think it's one of the most underrated shows that we're probably going to do throughout yesterday's capers i don't i don't think we're gonna do a show that's as criminally criminally underrated as as smart guy so again the same as last week there isn't really a, a winner and a loser I, I there's no way that i'm gonna go back and think yeah smart guy is is the one that lost out because smart guy is absolutely brilliant and i really 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 loved that show and i would recommend you go out of your way to to watch smart guy really go and watch it nice so obviously i don't have the um like relating to it aspect that you're speaking about yeah uh i'm coming at this purely from a i just watched it and what did i think kind of I think which sounds kind of awful, but no, 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 no. Um, it makes it, it makes sense actually. Uh, and I'm going to go smart guy uh, because I don't get me wrong. I really like Kaching. I thought it was great, and I remember watching it as a kid and actually really liking it. Really enjoyed it. But the reason I'm going to go with uh, smart guy is because I didn't watch enough of it probably to be talking too much about it but what i did watch i really really enjoyed so after this i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna watch it and i think that's enough that's enough to you know kind of absolutely yeah for, to, to kind of pip it for me because i don't think i'll be going watching too much kaching that's because you can't find it anywhere you can't find it anywhere <laughs> Well, if you do find it, send me the link. I, I will do, and I'll post it on the website. <laughs> right, that will uh, that will be the end of the uh, the first Black History Month episode. And as I said at the beginning, there is plenty more where it came from. So for the next month or so, we will be focusing on black shows and cartoons. So it's all black everything. And 
I wouldn't have it any other way. So you can uh, follow Yesterday's Capers on Instagram at Yesterday's Capers 1. You can follow us on Twitter at Yesterday Capers. And you can follow me on Instagram at Abdullah underscore Molim. And you can follow me on Twitter at Abdullah Molim, all one word. Like, share, subscribe, do all of that as much as you've done already. I appreciate the, the love, the support, the listening, all of that stuff. So continue doing that. Yesterday's Capers is available wherever you get your podcast from. So we really got you covered on all on all fronts. So yeah, keep on listening, keep on supporting, and uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Yesterday's Capers. <laughs>